0: I'm wondering this morning, has anyone here been lost? Lost. Yeah, I see a few hands coming up, a few nodding of the head, a few hands moving. I want to tell you my experience of being lost. Uh, this happened a number, quite a number of years ago, but it was just like something I'll never forget. We had just moved into our home in Mission, and we are now surrounded by 1,800 acres of forest. Beautiful forest. Beautiful forest. With animals that came and went, and uh, we'd be looking for animals, and the kids would be out there wandering in the forest, close to home. And uh, then one day, I, I um, said to my wife, "And there was a trail at the end of our road. There was a trail that went up the mountain." And uh, so I said to my wife, uh, "Where's, where's uh, my daughter?" And uh, she said, "Oh, she's gone up the mountain for a walk, I think." "Oh, gone up the mountain for a walk? Okay, yeah, she's a teenager. Okay, they do these kind of things." All right, that's fine, you know, and now it's supper time, and she's not back, and it's getting dark. Hmm. So I decide I've got to go up the mountain, you know, this is a dead moment, and uh, so I'm going up the mountain now, and I'm going up, and I'm going up, and I'm calling her name, I'm calling, I'm calling, keep walking, keep going, up, up, keep calling, keep calling, it's half an hour, up the mountain, half an hour, keep calling, no response, now it's 45 minutes, now it's an hour, and it's quite dark now, and, and suddenly I'm, I'm looking, and I'm st- I bump into these bushes, and I think, what's happened? And I realize, oh my goodness, I'm off this trail. The trail somehow just disappeared. Oh dear, and, I'm, I'm, and now I reach around, I fumble around, and I can't find the trail. And here I am, and this, these brambles are sticking to me, and it's now getting darker, and this big, heavy, you know, this foliage blocks it all out, and it, it is quite, quite, d- the darkness is real. And I'm suddenly standing there, asking myself, how did I get here? How did I get here? (laughs) Have you ever felt that question? Why did I make that stupid decision? Or how about, why did I ever sign that business contract? You ever felt that way? Or how about, why did I ever start dating that person? Why did I ever take that job? That job. Or how did my wife and I ever get to this place? And guess what? Dr. Google, you know Dr. Google? Yeah, he often doesn't have answers in these challenging moments. So I'm standing there, and then I heard a sound. What was it? Oh, and I remembered. Oh. This is Bear Mountain. And the bears come out at night to eat. I'd read that somewhere. Oh, dear. All right. But I heard a sound. What was it? What was it? Oh, it's water. I think it's water running. Yes. So I start stumbling towards the water. Stumbling towards the water. And I'm crawling now over logs and through brush. And I'm being torn by the brambles. And my arms are bleeding. It's 20 feet, 40 feet, 60 feet, 80 feet. I'm still crawling, crawling over brush. My legs are torn. I'm wearing shorts. Oh, my goodness. I get to the stream. Ah, a stream. Yes, a natural stairwell down through the mountain. And I start walking down the stream. Ah, ah, that felt so good on my feet. And finally, as I walk all the way down the mountain... I get to tend a place 10 feet from where I started. Okay, where's my daughter? Guess what? Being a very bright and creative little teenager, she never went up the mountain. No. She got a tent, one of our camping tents, and she set it up on the other side of the house, a few feet into the bush. And she's in the tent with a flashlight reading a very good book. Ah, yes, one of those father moments. What are you looking for today? What mountain are you on? What darkness are you wrestling with? Jesus says, He is the way down your mountain. Let's read the whole thing in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. He says, Don't let your hearts be troubled, trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's helm. If this were not so, would I have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I'll come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't, Lord, said Thomas. We have no idea where you're going, and so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So now Jesus adds a new layer to the question, how do we find our way through this broken world? In fact, the question is maybe even how do we find our way without being broken ourselves? Jesus is saying here, this is his big idea. And can we put the big idea up there? It's coming, I think. On the one hand, the way to get connected to the Father, he is the way. The way to get connected to the Father. To develop a secure Relationship. On the other hand, Jesus is here also to walk with you and I each day so that we experience a true and authentic life. A genuine life. That's what the word true means there. Authentic, genuine, and loving life. All right, so that's this this reference to I am the way. And we're looking at Jesus this throughout the summer. We're looking at Jesus' statements when he says, I am. I am the door, I am the bread of life, I am the light. And this morning it's, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, let's just look at this for a moment. <clears throat> I am the way. And in a real sense, Jesus is, is, is kind of drawing a picture for us. He's drawing a picture of what's going on around us. And he's saying that there is a person, a person behind this gorgeous creation that we live in. And I'm calling him the Father. And that is a word Jesus uses over and over again. Father even calls him Abba, Daddy. And that's really unique to Jesus. He stands apart from his Israelite uh, background there when he calls him Daddy, Abba. But that's the word. In other words, this is a person. This is not some kind of raw energy That just somehow created the universe, a loving energy. No, Jesus says very clearly over and over again, it's a person. I am a person. You are a person. That is a person. What is a person? I mean, how does it differ? Personhood differ from animals. Well, animals have uh, intelligence. They have actually reasoning, some kind of logic, uh, cognitive ability. They can remember things. They have emotion but they don't have a conscience. A conscience. What is a conscience? Does that actually make us as humanity different from the animal kingdom? Exactly. When you think about conscience, what impact has it had on our, our human world? Everything. Everything. Right and wrong. All of our cultures have, have tried to work on this thing of balancing right and wrong, and no, you can't do that to people. Stop. Stop, we want to treat people with respect. Every culture has worked on this thing of conscience, right and wrong. It's humanity. All of us are involved in trying to balance this thing. And Jesus says, that person is a person. We are a person. It is not just a raw energy. So if you're coming from a New Age background, and I really appreciate New Age people, they're trying to understand God, what is that? Just pause and listen to Jesus' perspective because he's saying it's a person. I'm a person, you're a person, and it's a person. A person who thinks, who feels, who speaks, who listens, who acts, who decides, who moves. Doesn't have a body, but is a person. Okay. And Jesus says, it's my father. All right. And he says it's a very loving person. What does that mean? It means pure, without an ounce of malice, none, absolutely pure, 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 pure motivation to care for you, to care for this creation he's made, pure, no malice, not one ounce. So different from this world, but he is different, he's pure, sweet, clean, caring, that's exactly what Jesus says. You want the real Jesus? That's him. That's my father. All right. And uh, I called him Abba. Yeah. And I'm strange. Have you thought Jesus is strange? Yes. Yes, Jesus is peculiar. I admit it. All right. We watch his life and we say, whoa, this guy is really, he's, he's, he's odd. Yes. Yes, I admit it totally. Brian Headley admits it. Jesus is odd. You're meeting someone who says, I came from that. I have a, that quality is in me as well as I have a human body. And I'm walking among you. And sure, this is, this is weird. You know, people, people, how is it that gangsters felt okay with you and prostitutes felt they could talk to you because you listened to them as a human being? And, and, and some of these religious leaders were really nervous around you. You are a strange person. Let's just, I'm asking you if you're from a, you know, a different background than a Christian background, just to pause and stay with us and see the picture. Something's going on here. All right, so Jesus says, I am the way to that person. Now, you have to understand that this is outrageous, what he just said. No other leader in all of human history has ever stood in front of the public and said, I am the way to God. No one comes to God but through me. Muhammad never said, I am the way to Allah. No one comes to Allah but through me. Never said that. Buddha never said, I am the way into the presence. No one goes into the presence but through me. Never said that. C.S. Lewis, a Cambridge scholar, he had to study see, uh, Jesus and look at him from different angles, examine him, kind of intrigued by the guy, and basically said, you know what, this is so extreme, that I am the way, you don't get to that person except through me. This man is either a lunatic, this is Lewis's language, meaning someone who is a really serious, you know, uh, serious emotional problems. Someone who's quite, quite, quite unbalanced, who actually has the delusion that they think this. Or he's a liar. He's an outright deceiver. A, a sociopath, maybe. Someone who's really good at it. Convince you of anything, but inside he knows he's totally taking you to the cleaners. Or G- Lewis says he's the truth. Campus Crusade for Christ would add another layer on this. They would say he's either a lunatic, a liar a legend or the truth. But there's very little wiggle room between these options. That's what these these people are saying. Because that's such an... He is extreme in what he's saying about himself. All right, now, is he a a lunatic? Is Is he so bizarre that no one can figure this out? Is he a liar? I mean, a real arch, just dark person here to take you to the cleaners for some reason? Is he a legend? Oh, that's that's got more... That's a possibility, Brian. Yeah, then these fishermen that put the story together? Yeah. I guess one of them, though, would have had to be kind of like a Shakespeare, a bit of a genius, though, because this is quite a story. And the things Jesus said have intrigued people for centuries. So somehow one of those fishermen, if this is a legend, he, somebody there had to be pretty bright. And do we hear about him? and frankly we don't That's, there's a problem here there's some real problems on the table for Lewis he's trying to sort it out and finally Lewis concludes I'm having real problems with Jesus and he keeps probing he keeps probing Christianity has been known as the uh, religion of the intellectual strangely strangely Strangely, in Western culture, Jesus has, has somehow engaged different ones because of these strangeness about him. So he makes that statement, I am the way to the Father. No one gets to him but by me. Why do, we have to, why, do we, why do we need you to get us there, Jesus? I mean, you know, I love being embraced by God. Come and give me a hug. Be great. Jesus said, there's a little problem here and I need to explain it to you. I'll try and make it as clear and as simple as possible. That beautiful presence that has no malice whatsoever. We call that holy, beautiful, clean, just sweet. All right. There's a problem with us. We are born into a creation that has been broken. And the Bible calls it, there's a sinfulness. It's a brokenness. What does it mean? Is that, yeah, we don't, it once was beautiful and perfect and flowed from him, and he set it all up, and then there was a crash. Yes, something happened, sin, it says sin entered the world. There was an engagement with, with something, something dark, darkness, evil, and the thing crashed, and ever since then, we have all been impacted by this brokenness. And what, is the, what does that look like? It means that I'm not perfect. I make my bumblings and my stumblings. And I hobble along and I pick up the pieces and I keep moving. But I have a conscience. Yeah, I have a conscience. And guess what? That conscience doesn't forget. There is, there is just, I stuff it into the closet and I keep going. I can do this. I can rise up. It's not that serious. But I am of such a nature that this conscience thing, and Lewis, Lewis gets at the conscience. He says this, is, this conscience is a problem. I mean, why couldn't we be just like animals? <laughs> but we've got a conscience. <laughs> All right. the conscience remembers. And what does that mean? It means we're walking along and we're carrying some weight and we're carrying stains. And so the Bible calls it stains. All the stuff that didn't go right, that we didn't get it exactly right, and we blew it here and we blew it there, and sometimes we got really mad and we went and did something that we regretted, there's stains on us. There's just something down there that we're carrying and it clouds us. It clouds us. We are in a kind of a duller state. Our hearing is dull. We're clouded. We're stained. That's what we are. You know, Brian Headley, for, um, as a kid, I was raised in a Lutheran church. Bless the Lutherans. Um, I was baptized as a baby. Went through confirmation. Went to church every Sunday. Prayed my prayers at, at meals. Prayed at night. At age 15, I gave up praying. Why? Because, frankly, it was like talking to the ceiling. I just thought, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I do this. It's just more kind of a religious thing. I gave it up. Then at age 21, when I'm at university, in and in a, actually in a pre-med program, trying to get there and make, you know, big bucks and make your mark in life, and I end up having a, an anxiety issue, and, and so much so that I cannot continue, and I drop out. And now I come home, and I get a job, and I start reading. And I end up picking up a book. My uncle, who was a Lutheran pastor, died and left my mother, and start reading it. And the book, uh, just is, it just becomes almost like it's on fire in my hands. I can't put it down. I keep reading it. This is, it's by some evangelical Lutheran pastors. <laughs> Don't ask me how I didn't get it earlier, but I didn't. I read the book. I get it. I am imperfect, I am flawed, I have got stains, I can't get rid of those stains. All my life I've been trying to be a good, a decent human being, and hopefully a good good Christian, and I'm talking to you, and why why do I feel this gap between us? And finally, Jesus gets, God gets through to me, Brian, you can't get that clean. I sent Jesus, what happened? Jesus goes to a cross, And in this moment, he lives his life and goes to the cross. What happens in the cross? In that moment, the creator has come. First, the creator created the world, and now his second huge, massive movement, he comes to the earth, lives out his life in Jesus, goes to a cross. And this cross, in that cross, at that moment, this beautiful purity is there. And it's just like... All the massive brokenness of this world is going into that holy fire. And darkness is coming at him. And all the weapons of evil are being thrown into him and at him and into the fire of his beautiful purity. And what happens in this moment? That purity just drinks. Jesus said, I came to drink the cup, drink it to the bottom. And that beautiful, beautiful, incredible, something, strange purity. It's like a fire. And it just devours. This is is one of the pictures of the cross. Just devours the brokenness, the brokenness of our world, the sin, the, the stains. All of it. Bring it all to me. Bring it into the fire. And he drinks the cup to the bottom. And at the end, he says... Paid in full. The word is, it is finished. It means literally, paid in full. It was used on the bottom of bills at that time. Paid in full. He dies, and he rises again on the third day. And yes, the rising from the dead is strange. He is strange. Jesus comes from that other universe where God dwells. And yes, he is strange. And death does not contain him. And he rises. That's the scenario. And now, what's going on right now? Jesus says, I have established a waterfall. I have established a washing place. I have. It's the cross. And I'm inviting you to come. It's entirely up to you. I want to bridge you and connect you into the Father, to his love. I want to place a gift in every single one of you of my presence, this beautiful, pure sweetness called the Holy Spirit. I want to put it inside of you. But first of all, I have to wash you. I have to wash you. Are you willing? It's up to you boy, it just blew my my mind when I finally got this one. Like, I can't wash myself? (laughs) I have nothing? I was always trying to be a good guy. And God finally said, Brian, lay that down. Take up this life of Jesus and just offer it to me. And let me come and wash you and place my life in you. Wow! The minute that clicked... I was off my bed, <laughs> on my knees. I said, God, common. And he came, believe me. And that's how I say that to you. The Father is waiting. This beautiful person is waiting to embrace you. And the moment you understand this, wherever you are, you can say, yes, I want it. And that person will come to you, whether it's here this morning, or whether it's as you drive home, whether it's as you go to bed tonight, when you say, I want this, come and wash me through that cross. and Give me this gift. That person, God the Father, will come to you. And this will happen to you. You will have that gift. And have an established, just like an, an open heaven between you and, the, and, and God. One of the most amazing things that hit me like a ton of bricks after this was that it was so weird. I thought, talking to God, and I knew he could hear me. (laughs) It was so interesting. I was just like, oh, my goodness. I somehow know he can hear every word. He's listening to every word. Oh, it was just so interesting. And from there, a life... um, Life really changed for me. Um, okay, I ended up going, going back, and sharing this with my mom and dad, who were also in that same Lutheran church, and um, they both accepted Jesus. It was very beautiful. One at a time, over a period of about a year, um, and uh, it's a long story, but just a lot of beautiful things happened. spin-offs from that. All right, so Jesus says, "I'm the way." I want to connect you to the Father so that you are actually, your ears are open, you're hearing, and this presence is now in you. I'm also the truth in the life. So, what does this mean? I am the truth. The word means genuine. Um, I am the truth. I'm not a fiction. That's literally what it means in the Greek. And I'm here now to walk with you in life and to help you become the real you. Yeah, not a fiction. If you've been somehow, I don't know, we can easily get caught up in, you know, uh, what can I say? Being what other people want us to be. And Jesus says, "No, listen, I'm here to help you become genuine. There's a beautiful little um, story uh, that Jesus told. He told so many little moments, pictures he gave us. But one in Matthew 13:45, And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. A pearl. And this little picture that Jesus draws is a picture of you and me. And he is saying this. When God created you, he made every last one of you into a pearl. There's all different kinds and shapes of pearl, but you are pearl. There's an identity in you that is pearl-like, absolutely beautiful. And he says, I'm coming to you in this life. I'm going to connect with you. I'm going to bring you to my cross, wash you, and now I want to raise up that pearl. Yes. I'm after the pearl. I made it. I saw you before you even entered this world and were born. And I want to find that pearl in you, that beautiful, beautiful human being that I made. Unique. Different from all others. I'm going to find that pearl. We're going to find it together. We're going to dust it off and keep raising it up. Yes. Yes. That you that I know is there. I saw it. I made it. I formed it. I'm raising it up. Now, I have a friend, for instance, who... uh, has opened his heart to Jesus a number of years ago, and he's into film. And he feels very much called to creating film, and he's now created his first full-length feature film. He lives in White Rock. Yeah. A pearl. His calling, that pearl, is for him to actually make film with Jesus. And he's, he's a person who totally... It's all about walking with Jesus. And the film is right there. It's on the public screen. Um, I have another friend who's a sculptor. He loves to do wood carving. And when he's doing wood carving, he's just like there with Jesus and he's cutting the wood and it's very, very, he can just feel the presence of God with him. I hope I'm shaking some of you up. Yes. Good. I have another person who feels called to be an actress my goodness, Brian, to Christian actually be called to be an actress, an actor? Are you saying that actually that could be the pearl of that person? Good. I want to shake you up. I do. Yes. Yes, I want you to realize that as the flowers of the field are so massively different. Every last one of us, we have this beautiful Jesus who is determined to find who you are raise you up I have another friend of course who also works with the disabled just loves it feels very very energized around the disabled someone else that I connected with over the years is now a teen counselor um, and, uh, and that's just passionate about it um, I have another person who's a single mother and who cares for her child works and cares for this child and I have to admit that, <clears throat> oh, about a year and a half ago, a year ago, I was I was, I was was in a bit of a dark place. And uh, I was just talking to the Lord. Uh, my wife and I do counseling. And uh, I was in this kind of a dark little place. And I was thinking, Lord, it was sort of a drift. I got into this sort of a little dull thinking, thinking, Lord, I, have, I just, I'm not doing enough. You know, I, I relate to people one-on-one. And I, I read about others who are relating to doing so much in the world. I mean... Maybe I should be in missions or something. and, And I just started, I started getting down. And God spoke to me. And this is what he said. He said, Brian, when you help one person out of a dark place, when they're broken and they're hurting and they're stuck, when you help one person, that in my sight is like the evangelizing of an entire country. What? What? <laughs> what? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And I was then, remember that story where Jesus says, the shepherd left the 99 and went out in the wilderness to find the one. And I realized, right. That's, that, that word was just another version of this biblical story. And it totally cleared the air Again, I began to realize, no, that's my calling. That's something of what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to also, and so in one sense, I almost, when I meet a single mother, I'm so feel for people who are just caring, you know, working and then caring for their child. I just want to say over you, at that little child you're caring for in a tender, careful, thoughtful way. I want to say, in God's sight, that's as beautiful as if, as if you were responsible for all of Brazil being awakened to Jesus. In God's sight. I want to speak that over every one of us who feel like we're just in a lonely corner caring for someone. I want to I leave that word with you. Consider. Um, Anne Voskamp, who was a mother of six children, <coughs> lives in um, uh, southern Ontario and um, on a dairy farm with her husband. Um, she was feeling kind of a little depressed, and someone challenged her to consider doing a gratitude journal. And a gratitude journal is uh, the whole challenge of it is you you start a journal. But it's a very specific journal, and in this journal, you take it with you wherever you go, and you just write down anything beautiful that you see, anything inspiring, anything that just gives you a a lift in any way, shape, or form, a smile, anything, write it down. So she started doing this. And finally, what happened is her whole childhood pain came up. Her sister had been killed on the farm that she was raised in, hit by a truck, and died. And she was right there when it all happened. She'd stuffed it all. It all came up, and she began to just work this through. And in this place of seeing beautiful, engaging with beauty, this, there, a beautiful healing began to happen with Ann Voskamp. And finally, she wrote a book, and it's called 1,000 Gifts. And it's now a bestseller. And it's all about when we see beautiful things, it's not enough to just see it and then keep going. You know, driving your car. Oh Yeah, that's nice. But we've got to own it, she said. When you own it, even if you note it, even if you can say it out loud, that's beautiful. She said it's like, it's like she calls it like communion. You're, you're somehow engaging with something absolutely holy and something changing life-changing cleansing it changes you so that's her story and that's her the thrust of her book and so it's had a huge impact on on a lot of christians all right so jesus says i am the truth and i'm bringing out who you really are i'm determined i'm gonna find the pearl in you lastly jesus says he is the life a life of grace and compassion. And grace means uh, God's strength. When, when we talk about grace, it's, it's all God's Jesus work on the cross. It's all his doing that I have God's presence in me right now. Thank you, Jesus. You did it all. Beautiful. But now, as you walk out this life, I want to meet you in all kinds of little moments. And I'm going to put something in you In a certain moment when you need me and you're in a corner and you say, God, help me, I'm here. And I'm ready to to move. I'm ready to touch you, to stir you, to to give you some kind of a a moment of connection, a a touch. We call that grace. It can be courage, strength, wisdom. Somehow you get an insight that makes all the difference. I remember uh, when we were driving into... um, uh, Surrey. Uh, my family had them all in the car. We got off the ferry. This is just when we were, had moved to this mainland. We had lived in Victoria, and uh, we're driving up to an intersection, and uh, and the light is, is uh, um, green, and the cars are going through, and I'm it's my turn. I'm moving up, and we're all moving in a you know a decent clip, and I just notice. Don't ask me why I noticed this. It is absolutely bizarre. I notice. And out of the corner of my eye, a semi, driving a little bit faster, definitely faster than me, coming up on this lane, I guess. I didn't even think about it. I had no time to think. I'm moving into the intersection. I'm about to enter the intersection. I put on my brake. I stopped the vehicle right there. The guy behind me slams on his brakes. The semi, instead of turning, he was going so fast. I wasn't even logically examining this analytically. This guy turns left. Right in front of me, at an incredible speed, roars right in front of me with his truck full of wood. And all of us, me, the guy behind me, all of us are just stunned. The man was obviously on drugs. That's all I can say. It was so far out. But we would have all been killed, I can tell you. But I'll never forget it. It was a moment of grace. going to just share one more little incident with you um, of compassion because this is a life of compassion there was a night uh, in victoria and i was working with street kids at the time and i was finally taking a night off and uh, i was very tired uh, that's me and my son and uh, i was you know i just wanted a night off just wanted to kind of step away from the whole scene the weight the all the problems and the actions of these, these these 100 street kids we're working with. 100 kids, over about 100. And uh, I just wanted to come home and have some fun. You know, play with my kids and have a party time. Party time, yeah, I'm going to have party time, Saturday night. So I said, hey, let's get some ice cream. My daughter Brandy says, yeah, let's get ice cream. Dad, okay, so let's hop in the car. She and I hop in the car and we get our money together. We go over to Safeway and we load up with ice cream, ice cream cones, coming out of Safeway. This lady walks up to me and says, uh, could you give me directions to uh, the University of Victoria? Uh, I understand they have temporary housing there. I'm just here overnight, and I understand it's it's more economical. I said, yeah, sure. We're just a few blocks from here. And so I start giving her directions, and I notice she's wearing a a jacket, and then she looks like she's got pajamas underneath that. Okay, fine. She's wearing her pajamas. Okay. Okay. and so, uh, you know, give her the direction. She says, thank you. Goes and we part company. And Brandy and I get in the car. She gets in hers. And then Brandy turns to me and says, um, Dad, I think that woman's in trouble. God's telling me we need to give her, we need to help her. i 14 years old. She makes this statement. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right, let's follow her. So we start following the lady up through the university, I'm trailing this lady. And she hits a stop sign, goes and stops her vehicle. I stop mine, jump out, run up to the car, knock on the window. I'm the guy from the, from the, from the safe on, <laughs> Safeway. Uh, she says, yeah. And she rolls down her window, and I say, um, um, my wife and I have five kids, uh, and you'd be welcome to stay with us for the night if you wanted to. It's entirely up to you. She looks at me and says, are you a Christian? Just like that. (laughs) I said, I'm a pastor. Broke down at her steering wheel. I just wept, sobbed. She finally came out of it. We found out afterwards that she had come from the mainland. Her husband was physically abusing her. She just grabbed her two children in their pajamas, grabbed the coats, jumped in the car, and went to the ferry and was going up to Nanaimo to stay with a friend for a couple of weeks or, if necessary, a month, whatever. And so she agreed. She came to our place, and we had ice cream, and we had a party, and we just were silly. We played games. And a woman knew, I knew, I knew that a pearl had spoken, 14 years of age, pearl, and a woman on a mountain had been found and led to a stairs. And I think when she went to bed that night, that woman knew it was her heavenly father who found her. This is a life that is here for you and I. It's a life that involves your beautiful self. And he says it is beautiful. If you think a pearl is beautiful, then hear me. You have it beauty and he's inviting us to open our hearts to him and let him come wash you put his life in you and then begin to walk with you and uh, let these little moments of grace happen. yeah okay so let's just close in prayer father thank you for <coughs> Thank you for your lovely presence. Thank you that there's not an ounce of malice in you. You are different. You are so different from this stuff all around us. And now you're here to embrace us. You set up a way for us to to open our hearts to you, to be washed, to have this gift placed inside, and then to begin a journey of Letting this pearl come into focus more and more. And so, Lord, I ask now today here in this place that you would just be, just be moving with us. Just, just take whatever's been said and let it be what's needed for anyone in this room. Thank you that you're here. That beautiful dad. That beautiful dad. Here for each one of us. So we welcome you today. We ask that every kind of grace that's needed would be given. Ideas, thoughts, awareness, courage. Let it all happen. Let it flow. We say that in Jesus' name.